drivers, start your engines! The Lapsed Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here's your host, the Professor, Brendan Crow. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 328 Lap Traffic Podcast. Yes, I am your host, the Professor, Brandon Crowd. Show two. Season eight, two weeks in a row. Look at me coming out of the gate, doing things right. Love it. As I say that to tell you that I probably won't be doing a show next week and we'll do one, obviously, after the 500 there. But that said, how is everyone doing? Hope you all had a great weekend. We had some racing, some drama. It wasn't even a points race. That's awesome. Uh, We had NASCAR making history, all sorts of things to get into with an excellent guest to get into those sort of things with. Have Dustin Albino from jayski.com here in just a few minutes for you. But before we get into that, we are heading into the Super Bowl. Yes, it is Super Bowl weekend. Everyone have their squares. I feel like if the Lions would have made it, I'd have more squares than what potential payout earnings could have even been, and I'd be in the hole regardless, but I'd be so hyped for it that I wouldn't even care. That said, since they're not in it, I'm definitely down on the number of squares that I have come across. But I do I got a couple sheets out there. I'm sure I'll pick up a, a few last minute ones here or there. What's everyone cooking for the big game? What's everyone cooking for Daytona? Uh what what's on your menu? That actually might be a good Twitter question going into next week for uh, the show. What, what's, what, what do you have on the grill? What's your go-to app? All that good stuff. Um, let's see. A couple of personal things. Pretty excited. Last week, finalized the last two pieces I needed to finalize with the catering company. Got the liability coverage taken care of, which is awesome. And I had to pass an exam to uh, give me my national food safety certificate. So that said, Three's a Crowd Catering is officially open for business, which is pretty awesome. So now I just need to get said business. So if anyone's in the Metro Detroit area in need of catering services for, uh, you know, the office lunches, baptisms coming up here after Easter, graduation parties, wedding showers, baby showers. I am your guy. Hit me up. Uh, Shameless plug indeed. No doubt about that. Um, Let's see what else. There is still time to get into lap traffic fantasy. Got a few new names added after last week's show. Let's get a few more here as we head into Daytona and racing season. All you have to do, shoot me a DM on Twitter. You can send an email to fantasy lapped traffic at gmail.com. Just give me your name, the email address you want to use and your uh, Twitter handle. I know it's X, but I mean, we're all just still calling it Twitter, right? I mean, even though there's the X icon on our phones, I mean, it was just Twitter for so long. It's just hard to change the the phrase and calling it Xing. And it's like, well, I put an X out. No, I put a tweet out. So I don't know if that changed or what. But so I will be recall referring to it as Twitter, as I'm sure a lot of you are as well. Hope you enjoyed last week's show with Jeff Gluck that kicked off season eight of the Lap Traffic podcast. If you missed that, go check it out. Um, it's really not dated material, so it's it's not old yet. So I would definitely go 
check that out. If you're just getting into the groove of firing up your NASCAR podcast as the season is getting ready to get underway. So go check that out with Jeff Gluck. And like I said, tonight, Dustin Albino is going to be on here in just a second. Uh, Dustin from jayski.com. Great guy to have on. Uh, he's been on the show a lot, which I love. Great knowledge. And, yes, of course, you know, much like you know when Aaron Studwell is going to be on, there's going to be football talk. Well, when Dustin Albino comes on, you know there's going to be some wrestling talk. But we're going to save that for the end of our uh, of our chat. So the NASCAR stuff will be first for everybody. Uh, so without uh, further ado, let's get Dustin on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his 18th appearance on the show. He's one of my favorite people to have on the show because he loves wrestling just as much as I do. And a pretty cool guy to boot from jayski.com. Welcome back, Dustin Albino. What's up, man? Uh, not not much. Getting ready for the season start. We got to talk about the clash that happened this past weekend. Um, I'm excited. Everything's everything's going well here in the JSK world. Uh, I love it, man. And so this is year eight of the podcast and year five at JSK. Year four at JSK. Four for me. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were talking before we got rolling here. Just how you know you and I. I think you were on like one or two times before you went to JSK, and then. You, me, and Scott got on a call one day and was like, hey, you know, let's try to make this happen a little more frequently. So I yeah, love it. Yeah, skyrocketed. Yeah. They've done a lot of them. I have a ton of fun, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Uh, I love the site redo, man. It looks really nice, the layout, all that. Did you play a role? Like, what was your your take uh, or involvement on that? I did. I feel like, you know, J-Ski's a historical site, obviously, from the mid-'90s, and I feel like it needed to get modernized a little bit. Yeah. So Scott and I, Amanda, uh, Brooks, we all talked. So, yeah, we felt like, you know, more graphic-y is kind of the way to go now. I feel like pictures sell. So, yeah, we launched that shortly after the season ended. And, I mean, I, the feedback I've gotten, it's, it's all been good. So I'm, I'm glad people are, are liking it just like yourself. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really the, the, the homepage is where you want to see all that stuff. And, like, right. you know, I just went to the site now. And, you know, a big thing that I use JSKI for – with the podcast is for the lab traffic fantasy league and getting the points results to be able to plug into my Excel sheet, you know, that still, you know, looks beautiful and easy and, you know, accessible. And I love it. We want to be user friendly. So, I mean, I feel like having more graphics, that's, that's friendly to the eyes. Mm -hmm. At least it is to me like pictures sell. So yeah, more pictures, the better. Awesome, man. I love it. All right. So we've got, uh, you know, it's kind of the home stretch here before the Daytona 500. We've got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, your Bills, my Lions aren't in it. That would have been a hell of a matchup. But, you know, such is life, at least to having the opportunity to go to a playoff game was absolutely incredible. You know, they, that only comes once every 30 years in Detroit. So, uh, took full advantage, but, um, you know, who's your pick? Uh, you know, what I would imagine, uh, you know, with Daytona, you know, you probably are working a lot more focused on the race, obviously than like your Daytona 500 spread. So what's your Super Bowl spread? Spread. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I think the, I picked the 49ers from the beginning this year. I just okay. think they're the top team. They have the best offense. Their yeah. defense is elite. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know about point spread, but I would certainly oh, no, I say meant like food spread. What's your food spread? Food spread. <laughs> yes. food what's, spread. what's on the grill? What's in the oven? What's in the fryer? What's uh, got it. What got it. Yeah. 
I don't know what we're doing this year yet. Usually we do it's like a sausage roll. Okay. It's like it's kind of like pizza dough and then kind of wrapped in sausage inside and pepperoni and cheese. My dad almost like a always made it. Kinda, yeah. Kinda. That's a good way of putting it. It's it's fantastic. So um that certainly probably some boneless wings and pizza just kind of pig out for the night. Excellent. There's nothing <laughs> um, wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's that's what it's for, right? It yes. should be a national holiday. Yeah, I agree. Or at least the well, the Monday <laughs> after needs to be the holiday. <laughs> right. Correct. Yeah. Nobody wants to get up in the morning. No, God no. Nope. Um all right. Well let's save as everybody knows we're gonna do some wrestling talk. We'll we'll save that for the end here because there's like you mentioned, there's a lot of NASCAR stuff to get into. Um let's start with NASCAR making history changing the race date by a day you know what where where were you at i mean obviously it was the right call right you know but um and from a fan perspective you know you were going to piss people off one way or another right like they should have waited but then they waited and they couldn't run on sunday then there's nobody there monday or tuesday or whenever they were going to be able to get it going off so you know i, I think they the most amount of people were there for on Saturday so that they were going to have to be able to get into the stands. So what do you think? Yeah, no, definitely the right call to have it Saturday. You hear the drivers, it was kind of a universal like decision that they supported. Um, I, I mean, you're looking at this throughout the week, the rain now in LA and it's, I think even worse than it was projected. Yeah. Like I saw Monday morning that there's some mudslides already forming and, it only been a day at the point where, you know, it's raining and yep. it's going to continue to rain. So, you know, praying for everyone out there, keeping them in my thoughts. But yeah, as far as the decision, absolutely the right call. There is no doubt. There's no doubter. And, and I know you're going to upset some people and for NASCAR too, losing a, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of money. It's yes. going to be a big cost for them because, you know, the, they're going to refund all the tickets. They paid for the track, you know, the rent rental of the, the LA Coliseum. So yeah, if you didn't run it Saturday, I don't think you run it at all. No, no. And that would have even been a bigger loss, right? At least. Yeah, right. You know? Right. <laughs> um, as far as precedence in going forward, obviously, you know, NASCAR's never done this before. Uh, obviously, there's TV obligations. There is, you know, a larger gate of attendance, hopefully, when we're talking actual point races, things of that nature. But when the question comes down, and I'll use a place that typically ends up getting a lot of rain sometimes, race <laughs> weekends. Let's call it the let's 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 bring up the Poconos, for example. Uh, you know, is this something we could see NASCAR play around with down the road? Do you think if it's a matter of hey, we can race today, or we can keep everybody here for potentially two more days before we get it in? Do you think this is something NASCAR would would weigh down the road, or was this maybe a one time deal? You'd like to think so, right? But just how many hoops they had to jump through just for the the clash, which is an exhibition race at a track that they built and they got to tear down by a certain date. All these other tracks like a Pocono or a Michigan where you are. Yeah. I mean, that gets a lot of rain. Watkins Glen, um, they can race on, on in the rain on road courses. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening personally because you've got to clear it with TV. And as everyone knows, like TV has a big point of emphasis in how how it's run, what time it's run, the races that is. So yeah, I I wouldn't get our hopes up for that by any means. Yeah, no. I, well, and so the the reason why I brought that up was because I was like, well, you know, TV obviously, like you know, you got to live and die by by that aspect of it. 
But I wonder when we get to, for example, one of the streaming services where, you know, that doesn't play the role, you know, that would be the The, one place where I could see them maybe having a little bit more flexibility or something like that. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. So that's a, obviously you're away with, with um, Amazon and Bleacher reports. So yeah. that may, maybe, maybe but, if you want to be optimistic for something like that. And if we're being honest, like those are both summer, you know, those, that's going to be the bulk of the summer schedule is those yeah. two entities. So that's where a lot of the rain comes. That's right. As we, as we all know far too well. Um, you know, also kind of just kind of piggybacking, you know, we went from NASCAR's doing no fans on Saturday to allowing fans in to then a free event, basically, which was also, uh, you know, kind of a first to get the ability to go and watch cup guys, uh, you know, for a free event, which, you know, I, I love that they did it that way because, who knows how many new fans maybe they attracted with that and how many may come back to a race. You know, if it was one of those, you know, father, sons, you know, maybe the kid wanted to drag the dad out. They had a great time, created a memory and are going to go to the next 20 races wherever, you know. So I always look at that regard of you never know. They maybe lost a lot of money this weekend, but you never know down the road where they may get it back. Yeah, it could have a lasting impact. I think that's spot on. Like, like you said, like if you have a free event, and you know, you, personally, like if I've ever, if I've ever, ever introduced someone to racing, if I know someone and I get them to go to the track, they always come back, mm-hmm. always. Yes. So yeah, it's 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 a tough deal this past weekend. Good race, I thought, but um, as far as the business side, I think eventually you do make that up in the long run. And, and honestly, too, like having it. In a city, that's one of the, the the pros of it, right? Like you, you, it's easier to access. There's more people around. So, and if it is, you know, you hear a couple hours before that, oh, we got a free event at the LA Coliseum tonight. You, you probably want to go check that out. Sure, absolutely. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, you mentioned good racing. What what did you think of the actual, you know, racing itself from the the heat races through through the event? I thought it was really good, honestly. Um, you know, the first year I thought was pretty good. It was also new. So you didn't really have anything to, to gauge it off of last year was a little bit of a calamity show. And then this year, you know, I, the first 70 laps were green and Ty Gibbs got away for a bit, a couple times, but he was chased back down in traffic. Um, it was hard to pass, but it, it's going to be hard to pass when you've only got a quarter mile and 23 right. cars. So yeah, I thought it was a really good race. Um, and Denny Hamlin's who I picked to win and he won. So, nice. Nice. um, <laughs> So, yeah, I thought it was good race overall. And, and a, if this is the final year of the L.A. Coliseum and the clash being there, I job well done to NASCAR and three three good races um, overall. So, yeah, it's only only positive for NASCAR, I feel like. I, I'm with you. You know, one of the things, you know, I, I like the racing. I thought it was good. Um, you know, you look at, you know, we can circle back to the amount of money that it cost NASCAR to do this this past weekend let alone the amount of money that it costs to basically build this temporary track. Um, you know, we, we saw the same thing with, with the, the Bristol dirt and they're going away from the Bristol dirt. Um, you know, I, I guess at what point does NASCAR, where's their line in terms of, Hey, we're getting the, the return on these extra expenses when we could be going to tracks that, you know, are already there. Yeah, I mean, I think with anything, 
in sports like the novelty wears off eventually so if you go to if you do an event one time in whatever sport it is the second time you do it it's probably not going to be as fresh right because you've already done it yeah and then if you go back a third time same thing however you know i think there's i think nascar still made it fresh or at least was going to make it fresh if it were to be on sunday where you have like new performances and in new events going on around the track um but yes i don't know as far as as far as the clash, I, I think it was a booming success, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Now, do you think it'll be back? I, I mean, do you think it'll be back at the Coliseum next year or no? I don't know, because you, you want to stay in the L.A. market, and you there's obviously reports come out over the weekend that the short track Auto at Club. Fontana, like, it, it won't, won't be ready next year. So if, that's a big market for NASCAR. It's the biggest media market they go to because they don't go to the New York City market. So you want to be in that market and the drivers want to be in that market. The teams want to be in that market. NASCAR wants to be in that market. So sure. you'd like to think they work something out. Maybe it's with one of the local short tracks, but then you have to think if it's like a, like a North Wilkesboro situation where for years people wanted them to go to North Wilkesboro, but there's really not the amenities yeah. and not up to date really. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. And I think we'll find out here, obviously in the next like six months, probably when the schedule comes out, but I, I would like to see because what are the alternatives? You go back to Daytona and then you do what you had before, right. or you go to like a, a Mexico that you know has been reported, which that is a good way to get an event to a new location, as we saw with the Clash. You can you know you can build a purpose, a stadium purpose uh, event. Sure, the uh, that that would be cool. You know, we the the international crossing is is cool. I could only imagine the cost to the teams for something like that. But it, but it would be it would be really cool to see, you know, from a TV side of things for sure. It would be, and it's the easiest way I think to introduce it is to have some exhibition race where if it is a booming success like the Clash was, I thought, then you could, you know, who knows yeah. the parameters of that and how big it could turn out to be. Absolutely, I don't know if it was you, and if if it was, then we we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But or if it was you or Jeff Striegel that I was talking about. Um, at one time when someone was on about if we ever do go back to Daytona, you know, what's the fresh thing? Cause that's always my thing with the exhibition races is how do you keep something fresh? Like you mentioned the Coliseum first year tenants was great. I wanted to dial in. I'd never seen NASCAR cars going on a quarter mile. Like I want to see this. Absolutely. You know, and especially with uh, Daytona, the history there, the exhibition races that we used to have there, and knowing that a couple weeks beforehand you got the Rolex 24 is, you know what, let's why not take 10 cars from all three series and put them out on the track <laughs> at the same time, you know, and, and let's have a, you know, a cross series type thing on the road course, you know, and, and have a little, I mean, again, something NASCAR's never done. I'd, I'd definitely tune in to see that and and how that would 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 shape out it could be the biggest cluster bleep ever but you know what i'm gonna tune in and watch it at least the first time (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's the thing though too right like with an idea that's as big as that like what happens the following year so yeah and for so long like the clash was built as hype for the daytona 500 and that's what you want and then moving this to la with it has been the last three years i think does that even more so because it's kind of branched away to be its own event as an exhibition race, but you're also preparing or prepping for the Daytona 500 too. So are building it up. So yeah, I don't know if it goes back to Daytona. I don't know how you keep it fresh, or di- differentiate yeah. it from before the road course idea 
just the road course in in 2021 that they did it it was kind of like a a, a makeshift thing because yeah. <laughs> um, they did they did it during COVID in 2020 but you know everyone thought that it was going to get spaced out and it, it did for a little bit but at the end you had Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott take each other out and Kyle Busch got by to win so that was pretty entertaining for my seat and whatever NASCAR does I'm sure it'll be a good decision no I'm I am I am with you there uh let's see here you know, we already got some drama shaping up. We had Joey Logano, <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Uh, you know, Ty Gibbs is no stranger to some post-race squabbles. Uh, neither you know, is Joey Logano. Neither is Joey Logano. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've got some fresh faces across all three series, really, um, whether it's guys moving up or, or some rookies uh, across the board. Uh, I love it. I mean, I think that, you know, that's what's going to get someone to tune back in that's not you know, the diehard, that's not the everyday watcher. Like, oh man, you know, that kind of stuff that, I mean, that's probably the wrestling fan and in, in me, you coming <laughs> out, like that makes for great TV, you know? And on top of, you know, you'll talk about great TV and I'd love your take on this. I think NASCAR has spent a lot extra money on advertising because the amount of Daytona 500 commercials during the playoffs on the Fox games, I feel like has been turned up 100% from what I recall in years past as far as advertising for the 500. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't have like a number on it or I can't compare it to you know years past, but it does seem that way. You obviously have The Rock, too, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. You know, being the Grand Marshal of the 500, and he's all over everything right now, too, his name. So, um, yeah, it does. It, it, I mean, I think there's a lot of excitement around the season. And to a degree, I feel like maybe it's making up for – not the lack of storylines, but I think NASCAR just kind of went away at the end of the banquet and there really wasn't much going on this off season. All the rides for the most part were announced for the pre, you know, for the next year outside of like Noah Gregson and the 10 car, but everyone knew he was going there. So there just wasn't as much, I don't know, hype's not the right word, but there wasn't as much going on at the end of the season as previous years. The, sil- the, the-, the silly season runs June to November now, not November to January. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a sponsor thing, though, too, right? Like, you need to have your your next season's drivers and lineups, sponsors. You need to get sponsors for those drivers for certain markets. So, yeah, it, it, it's funny because it's the only way, only sport that works that way, right, is where you have a, the free agency in the middle of a season. Absolutely. Man, yeah, and we've had some crazy ones over the years when you look at, like, Tyler Reddick, you know, um, Sheldon yeah. Creed. Recent years. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, those have been some very interesting – <laughs> Those have helped create some storyline dramas, knowing, you know, the quote unquote lame duck position some of these guys were in. And then, you know, new announcements came out, you know, a couple of weeks later, all that. It's it's definitely been interesting midseason with with a lot of this stuff. Uh, I, I should at least on the cup side, I should say, like the Xfinity side, a lot of the announcements and truck too, like they came out during the offseason and, and the Xfinity lineup this year is stacked. Like I, I know last year it felt stacked and it was, but this year I think even <laughs> even more so this year. I mean SVG and all AJ Almendinger in the same equipment on road courses. That's yeah, gonna oh, be that's must, gonna be awesome. Must watch television right there. Yes. Yes. Um, let's see here. Um, all right. Who's still looking to put something together potentially here? Uh, or who, who maybe put something together last minute that maybe people aren't aware of yet? What, what's been some late minute, last minute, uh, happenings? Yeah. The cup level. I mean, 
there's really not much left to be announced aside from like the, the 16 car and, you know, filling out the full schedule. Cause we know AJ is going to be there for a chunk of races. Same with Josh Williams. And then SVG's running seven races there. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I mean, obviously I think everyone's probably seen it on social media or, or heard about it, but Matt DeBendetto is scheduled to bring a sponsor to the colleague and, and race some there. And that turned out not to, not to yeah. pan out. So he's kind of left in the, in the dark here at the, at the 11th hour, you know, because obviously the season starts in a week and a half. So tough break for him, uh, tough really last couple of years for him. Yeah. Um, but as, as far as that, other than that, I, I mean, you got your small teams, like, like what's JD Motorsports going to do at the Xfinity level, but sure. you know, it's in its second ride, but outside of that, there's really not much more that needs to, you know, needs to be announced. Sure. No, I'm with you. I want to, uh, we mentioned AJ Allmendinger, um, you know, obviously he, he's had one hell of a last, what do you maybe call it? Five, seven years. You know, he comes in as a, uh, the word coach is coming to mind, but I know that wasn't the initial thought, you know, with helping college like, racing and, and getting them up to speed. Uh, and then he ran like two or three road courses then he ran a few more. Then he ran a full season. Then, you know, he comes back up to the cup level with them. And, you know, was was this a, in your opinion or what you know, was him going back to Xfinity? Was that demotion? Was that a, hey, our cup isn't where <laughs> we want it yet, so let's, you know, hold off a minute? You know, because, I mean, I love A.J. Allmendinger. He is just uh, a blast to talk to. He's a blast to watch. Um and I really wanted him, as I know a lot of people did, to have success in that second go around uh, on the cup side of things. So what do you know about, you know, what happened there? Oh, there's a lot of thoughts here. I'm sure, right? Like, and I talked to, I'm going to plug upcoming story. I have a few stories coming up on Colleague over the next month or so. So watch out for that on jski and NASCAR.com. Um, but I talked to Chris Rice last week about this very subject. And obviously Chris Rice is the president of Colleague Racing. Um and he, it's funny you say the word demotion because he's, that was one of the first questions I asked him and I didn't mention demotion in it, but he's like, a lot of people look at this as a demotion, but you know, that's not entirely the case because AJ helps, and this is true. AJ definitely helps make colleague racing better. Sure. Like you mentioned before he came in, like they weren't winning constantly. And then he comes in, he wins a road course race. Then he wins an intermediate race on an intermediate track. So yeah, as far as him going back to the Xfinity level, I mean, you you look at what they're doing at the Cup Series level, and they bring Daniel Hemrick up, and I would say collectively across the board, like AJ's the best driver colleague has, sure. right? Like I yeah. don't think there's really any questioning that. No, um, even though Daniel Hemrick's won a championship at, in 2021, but at the Xfinity level, so I don't know. It's a it's a business move, obviously. Sure. I mean, that's what it comes down to. As Chris told me it, it takes 16 or 17 million dollars for them to run a competitive team and AJ didn't have the partners to do that so like while people can say you know like we want AJ there's not much money getting behind him so sure. it's definitely a business decision yeah and that's that's a crazy thing to where you know it, it's it may not always be the best or the most talented one in the car sometimes um but you know I I also looked at that same thing with Cole Custer. A few years ago when he Xfinity, you know, rising star, seven wins, competing for a championship in the Xfinity level, brought up to cup, you know, uh, mediocre at best sometimes, got the win, struggled, 
calls back down to Xfinity and boom, wins a championship, you know, and that could help recatapult him in a year or two back onto the cup level with the right sponsors, the right teams. And, and we could see that same type of performance. So um, I'm calling it right now. AJ's going to win the Xfinity championship this year. So. <laughs> yeah, but, I think that's, I think that's a little ambitious. And I say that because I, I think he's going to have a good year. Um, and so it's funny you brought up Cole Custer. So I'm also doing a story on Cole Custer. Uh, I tried to get ahead of the game a little bit over the offseason. We didn't share notes or nothing. That's the best part about this. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but I, if, a, if a champion's returning to the series, since I do a weekly Xfinity series column, I like to try and get them to be the first one. So Cole Custer going into Daytona, that's who the feature will be on next week. Awesome. Um, and, and I talked to him and I asked him straight up, like, you know, who are, who do you feel are some of your closest competitors for this upcoming year, or biggest challengers? And he said, all guy is going to be fast. And Chandler Smith is one to keep an eye on, obviously making the move from colleague sure. to, to Joe Gibbs racing. So, yep. um, I, and then I, I pointed, I'm like, AJ. And he's, he's like, yeah, He's going to be fast. It's just I don't know about that style of track, like being Phoenix. So, sure. and that is true. I asked Chris Rice about that. They have struggled at tracks, shorter flat tracks like Phoenix or Richmond or whatever. So, yeah, that that's. I think it's a little ambitious, but I could totally yes. see him being in the championship four. Absolutely, very cool. Um, all right, man. Well, let's uh, let's take a turn. Let's talk to talk about some of our passions, and then we can wrap with a couple five hundred uh, pieces. Um, we got to talk a little wrestling. Um, <laughs> lots going on in wrestling, just what, like NASCAR. What's going on in wrestling Nothing. right now? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know if I want to get into the the uh, the VKM uh, drama storylines, the horrific situations surrounding that, because that just is not going to be fun. So we can acknowledge it. Hey, that is. Uh, it is it, it's horrible and very curious to see how that unfolds um, on the lighter note of things. We we've got the rumble and we have the rock who, as you mentioned, is going to be at Daytona uh, bumping Cody to not let him finish the story. So, you know, what, what are your takes on, you know, how things are shaping up post rumble pre mania? So let me preface this by saying I'm going to Mania, so I'm super excited. Yes, I'm super excited just of the essence of potentially seeing The Rock perform. Right? Are you going both nights? Yeah, Excellent. I'm going both nights. Excellent. Yeah, it was a pretty penny. Yeah, <laughs> I know what SummerSlam was, so I can only imagine. <laughs> um, thankfully, I had a friend that gave me a pre-sale code nice. that works at the company. But yeah, as far as this storyline, look, I don't think it's over. Right? Like it's it was. At first, I'm like, yes, I want to see The Rock, and I still do want to see The Rock perform. I hope he goes against Roman Reigns, and that's if it's night one, night two main event, whatever. But Cody's got to finish his story, right? Yep. Like, you can't, you can't, if not, like the last year was wasted. Wasted. The yes. entire year. Yeah. And, and then you and have a Royal win Rumble, Rumble winner. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes the Rumble look kind of pointless. Yes. Yeah. And you can't, you can't degrade that type of event for, for The Rock. Yep. I mean, you know, say what you will about him or, you know, the power that he has now within the company too, that that's a tough ask. So yeah, that's going to, as we've seen over the weekend, a lot of fans are outraged. They're outraged. So, yeah. I mean, and now there's talk of maybe making it a triple threat match, you know, like maybe that was the plan all along though, too. Cause then you see reports that, you know, this decision was made like January 3rd, obviously the rock came back on day one, January 1st. So yep. 
whether he did or didn't, if he did, it doesn't make any sense if Cody's out of the main event for him to ha- win the Royal Rumble. Absolutely. Like, just have The Rock win it. Yeah. Yep. No, exa- <laughs> yeah. So that was who I... F- so there were two people that I'm like, all right, who's going to be the 30th entrance into the Royal Rumble? It was not Sami Zayn on my list, let me tell you. I'm like, it's either got to be The Rock or it's got to be MJF. And I really didn't think it was going to be MJF. The Rock made sense, you know, to just come in, clean house, throw, you know, Punk and and uh, Cody. And, and okay, there, that, that said it, fine, you know, Maybe Punk and Cody got in, you know, you could have set up a couple intermediate storylines along the way with with that, you know. So I was surprised that that didn't play out that way. Or you could have just had whoever's going to go against Seth win the Rumble. Like, right. I know in hindsight, it's a good thing that it didn't happen because it would have been likely CM Punk. Yep. And obviously towards triceps. But, yeah, I mean... It, to save it all, you either could have the rock win or whoever's going for the other championship. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, what, uh, just thinking, I mean, there's obviously not a lot of preset matches, uh, lined up, but there, there's some things we can speculate about. Um, two things that come to my mind are one, how do you end the rock and Roman? And my, I'm going to tell you my idea. Cause I want, I want your, your thoughts on it. So the rock wins, a possible beatdown turn of the bloodline against Roman Reigns and Damian Priest music's hits because he's coming up close on having that briefcase for a year. And, they, you know, that's I mean, that was the old school rule is you had to cash in within a year. So because yep. and I and if that doesn't happen that way, when how do they work in his cash in? I think it's going to be for the other championship for Seth's championship. I think, I think he does cash in at WrestleMania, but I think it will be Seth and whoever he's up against. And after the match priest comes out and cashes in as far as the bloodline rock Roman situation. I mean, I, I think Roman has to win that match. Yes. There's, there's no way the, what is, What's what is the WWE point of the last uh, four years? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're just going to, Whoever beats Roman, especially if it's for the title, you got to be, you know, in wrestling terms, putting them over. Right. Yeah. You know, so like a Cody Rhodes, who you've been telling the story now for almost two years, he's the perfect candidate for it. And I still think somehow, some way, he's going to find his way in, whether it's a triple threat or if it's one night they main event with Cody and then the other night with The Rock. All right, I see I'm with you because and so here's what I was thinking of was like, all right, how could they work in a, a cheap WrestleMania nine where like Hulk Hogan comes down and Bret Hart tells him to go fight Yokozuna and he gets the, <laughs> the last minute pin on the main event that no one knew was going to happen. It was like, well, maybe like Cody and Damian Priest could fight for the briefcase, but that we've been there, done that a couple times to where then Cody could come out. And, and yeah. cash in. I'm like, no, that that's that's too cheesy. I don't see that. No, nah, you got to have your you got to have your Rumble winner in some sort of match yeah. at Mania. Because yeah. if not, like, what's Cody gonna do? He's, he'd probably be the one to go after Seth. But then you look at their promo battle from you know last week, I think it was on Raw, and it, I mean, it kind of diluted the it did that championship. So yep. then you're just making it look second tier. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. And then the other thing that I'm curious about what they do is Gunther with the IC belt, like. You know, 
who does he face? You know, there was talks of it maybe being Brock Lesnar, which doesn't look to be the case anymore. And now it's potentially uh, Bronson Reed, which, you know, that that guy's a beast. That'd be that'd be a cool one. So him, Chad Gable, they had a good match on Raw main event a few months ago. Chad Gable and, and Gunther. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to again, you got to put someone else over and get Gunther up into the main event level. Absolutely. I love it. Um, all right, man. Uh, Daytona 500. It's it's right around the corner. Um, what are what are some headlines, some storylines, some predictions that you think we might see, you know, going into or, or coming right out of the 500, you know, as far as. You know, do we get some post-race drama with anybody? What um, what might we see? Yeah, so much can happen at, at Daytona. So it's, hard, it's kind of hard to predict. I mean, the last three winners combined have had six total wins at the cup level, five of those being on super speedways with uh, McDowell, Austin Sindrick, and Ricky Stenhouse last year. So it's kind of hard to put you know, predict what's going to happen. I think, you know, I'm really intrigued about the new Toyota and the new Ford and kind of what this means for those teams, how they'll fire out of the gate. We might not really know until, you know, March at Vegas and Phoenix. Once the season, once the tracks are off the super speedways with Daytona and Atlanta, but as far as the first two weeks, just kind of escape, right? Like they're, they could put you in a big hole if you get in two wrecks to kick off the season with two super speedways. So, right. Um, no DNFs. Got, yeah. That, that's that's gotta goal. be, that's gotta be the goal. You just gotta make it through. And then for a lot of teams, I don't feel this way, but then the real season starts at uh, Vegas in March. Sure. I'm with you. Um, when we look at, and I just want to touch base on like some overall, you know, teams overall. And the first one I want to look at is SHR. Um, you know, a lot of new blood struggled over the last couple of years, obviously. Uh, you know, you've got somewhat of a veteran guy in terms of longevity in the Xfinity Series side with Noah Gregson. Uh, Josh Berry, um, who unfortunately didn't have the year I think a lot of people were expecting him to have last year in the Xfinity level. I don't know if... You know, the knowing what this year was going to hold played a little bit of a role in that. I can only imagine the, you know, the mental game with that. Um, but, uh, you know, what does SHR maybe need to do just to have some mild success and set some expectations for what reality may look like for that organization? You just got to get back on track. I mean, there's so much rumblings about the future of this team, whether they go, because this is the last year we got to remember that their current contract with Ford. So, and, and through this contract, they're required to have four cars. So a big talking point throughout the year is what's 2025 going to hold? Are they going to go stay with Ford? Are they going to go to maybe a Chevy or Toyota or whatever? Um, is a, another owner going to come into the place? So there's a lot going on with this team. Um, and I, I don't see that dying down throughout the year as far as the drivers. I mean, I would set reasonable expectations. I think Chase Briscoe got better as the year went on last year that whole team did um he had a big points penalty arguably the biggest ever as far as overall penalty after this coke 600 um i think he's their best shot at getting in the playoffs but if they get one car in the playoffs i honestly think that's a good good year for them fair enough no i'm, I'm with you there uh legacy motors has got some changes as well you know what what do you think you know we can expect from that team kind of a their sophomore year post RPM, if you will. 
It is, but it, in a way, it's a, it's a rebrand. It's a refresh going from Chevy to Toyota um, and doing things their own way, too. We were on a call with David Wilson a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that they wanted to do it their own. Uh, so not like a 2311 where they're in alliance with Joe Gibbs Racing. This is its own entity, its own team. So um, interesting choice, interesting decision. It, it could be financially. It made more sense. Um, and David Wilson was pretty, pretty blunt when saying, you know, his expectations for the team is for those two to just be in the top 20 every week. If you're talking about a 20 through 11 or a Joe Gibbs racing, it'd be top 10 every week. So um, that kind of just shows the, the differential between the teams. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's good. Jimmy's obviously running a quarter of the schedule. It'll be fun to see him back around the track. And um, yeah, John Hunter's making the move back up. I think he's definitely ready for it this time. And I, I would Absolutely. expect both drive. Both drivers will have a pretty good year. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, and the last one I want to touch on, um, you know, is, is Roush Fenway Racing. Um, you know, we, we the history of, of Roush Racing, their dominance in the early 2000s was – was you know something to to watch it was it was a dynasty in my opinion back then and then you know kind of fell off the map just like rcr did just like rpm kind of did and and all three are are on the upswing and i think that's part of the reason why we're, we're seeing you know 14 15 16 different race winners a year because some of these organizations have have upped their game and we saw it last year with Roush Fenway, uh, Brad had a, a much more competitive year in that six car. Uh, I, I'm going to be disappointed if he's not in victory lane this year. And, um, you know, so w w what do you think of RFK as they're going into their third year now? Yeah, I think he'd be disappointed too, because now you're talking, he's almost at a hundred races, three years coming up on that. He hasn't won. Um, yeah, I, I expect this team to be the best four team this year. And I know team Penske, you know, won the championship. They won it the last two years, but if you look at from like the summer on last year, probably the, I don't know, the Cokes after the Coke 600, cause Blaney won it. But from like July on RFK was the best four team in, in the camp. Yep. So both cars, they're always running right near each other. So I would expect both to be consistent again this year. You see a lot of people picking Chris Busher as like a dark horse title threat, obviously got to the round of eight this past year. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those cars got into the championship for this year. I love that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, you mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, but what, uh, what are some pieces you've got coming out here as we uh, get to the Daytona 500? I did. I gave you a lot of teases. You did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, fantasy's kicking back up this week, actually. Uh, I'm doing the fantasy uh, NASCAR stuff on NASCAR.com, so that'll be in uh, this week. Look for it. And then starting next week, we'll, we'll do a weekly Xfinity piece every week. And I'll be in Daytona, so I'm sure I'll have a lot of content from there. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thanks for uh, coming on the show for uh, – uh, episode two of season eight it's always a blast love talking some wrestling with you um cannot wait for your post mania recap because i know that's <laughs> that's going to be awesome in and of itself let alone the racing talk we'll have because we'll have uh you know six or seven races under our belt by then so looking forward to that have a blast and uh thanks for coming on man sounds good man it's my second time going to mania uh first words two nights so i'm super excited and yeah i'll be at a bunch of the races this year so i'm ready for the season to start cool man all right lap traffic nation justin albino jsky.com go check it out thanks man we'll catch you later thank you see ya 
All right, Lap Traffic Nation, there you have Dustin Albino from jayski.com. Go check out his upcoming work, all that good stuff. Let's do a quick social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. I actually put out a Twitter video the other day, uh, which was which was funny. I got a kick out of it. It's got a few thousand likes or views, which is cool because I don't do a lot on Twitter. Um so I'm, I'm used to measuring against impressions on Twitter, not uh, views on TikTok. Uh, but that said, I have an idea for a TikTok video that I'm going to put out as well later this week, something to do with Daytona that I think will be at least I've laughed in my head, which is a scary place to be laughing in my head. But, uh, you know, maybe it'll get a good chuckle out of you guys. So I'll make sure to get that over onto Twitter, too, when I do that. Uh, don't forget, I've got koozies and stickers to send out for free. Free. All you got to do is just shoot me an email, DM, uh, fill out the contact page on the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com. Happy to send out some uh, some koozies and stickers to uh, kick off the 2024 season. So you've got them ready for uh, the couch or at the track. And yeah, I think that's about it there. Uh, I want to wrap just with a little lap traffic fantasy because there's not much to talk about. We had Andrew you on last week, but I already have to clarify the email that I sent out earlier this week to everybody in that I mentioned that I'm changing who is limited based on owner's points versus the actual driver so that it matches all three series. And that said, I didn't have Chase Elliott as a limited pick, and he actually is limited because the nine car finished in the top 16 as far as the owner's points go. So I'll get that update there. The other big rule changes this year are that you can only pick your Xfinity and truck players once if they are limited based on uh, 2023 playoff owner championship points. If you've played before, this all makes sense. If you have not played and it sounds a little, what the hell is he talking about? Don't get discouraged. Come play. It really is not, uh, it, it's it's a pretty easy format to grasp after you get through the first week. And if you have a bad first week, trust me, you can recoup. There have been people that have been, you know, in 50th overall total standings and still make the playoffs uh, due to people that do fall off. So it, it is it is cap- it is feasible to have a few bad weeks, still make the playoffs and do pretty well. If I can make the playoffs, you know, that that's it tells you how easy it can be. Right. It's fantasy. It's just a few lucky guesses. So uh, come and play. It's free. There's trophies to give away at the end of the year, as well as lap traffic swag. And they're custom trophies. They'll have your name on it and everything. So if you want to play some lap traffic fantasy, like I mentioned at the start of the show, shoot me a DM, uh, send me a tweet, shoot me an email, fantasylaptraffic at gmail.com with your name, email, Twitter handle if you want to be included in some tweets and all that kind of stuff based on you know, how you do points-wise and all of that. So still time to get in. Uh, picks will be due the Thursday before Daytona. I think that's the 15th of February. So there is plenty of time to still get in on it. And I think that is going to be a wrap for the show. I don't have anything else planned. So that's uh, that's what we got. All right. Lap Traffic Nation. That is going to do it for episode 328 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Follow along on social media at Lap Traffic PC. Don't forget about the giveaways. We've got two of 
boom going on. We've got some lap traffic swag and a Kevin Harvick 124 diecast. Uh, the rules on that one are to retweet and follow at lap traffic PC at three crowd catering at dining D E T P O D. There's that one. And then we've got the Mark Martin framed autograph plaque. Uh, all you have to do is retweet and follow at Lat Traffic PC, and we'll give that away as soon as we hit 8,000 followers for the eighth season of the Lat Traffic Podcast. We got about 900 to go, but uh, you know that's a big prize, so you know you gotta you gotta aim high for that one. So, uh, huge thanks to Dustin Albino from Jayski.com for calling in. Hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl. Enjoy the 500. We'll catch you back here right after the Daytona 500. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Live Traffic Podcast. See ya!